Blog Talk Radio. Sportstalk.com and uh, John M. Davis Books.com, LFL Network. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Blitz. We're going to talk NFL draft today. We have a special guest today, the uh, Richmond Black Widows uh, owner and uh, player, Sarah uh, Skipper, and uh, Caitlin Wright will be with us today. And then we're going to go into the uh, women's recaps as well. A lot of action happening uh, internationally as well. The Vic Bowl 2016 in Great Iron Victoria, WFL action as well. You also have um, the uh, LFL Week 3 that happened this weekend, as well as recap of Week 2, and then going into another weekend this coming weekend on Saturday. So uh, along with uh, Inkishi Free and Troy Wilson, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. I can't complain too much. Um, hey, you know, guys. over another... Getting over another bout of sickness, and oh man, I feel much better now. I feel refreshed, so I am uh, good to go. I just don't know what the heck is going on with all this, um, with all this sickness out here. But you know what? I'll take the good days, and I can take. Well, Troy, I think you have to go to detox mode now. I've done that before. You might have to pretty much might have to try like a a detox tea or something. But you know, weather is strange because there's so much. So much uh, things that you interact with, a lot of people on the road at, at your job, you know what I mean? It's like it's like germ everything, and then add Mother Nature to it sometimes. Uh, it You know, it just gets you down. So sometimes it just happens where you're just in a, what do you call it, a infectious bubble, whether it be outside or inside. Yeah, you know, everyone's a germ factory. Everyone wants to touch your hands. And, you know, we've got, we got the new handshakes. we got daps. we got, you know, everybody wants a pound. they got to do something to touch you. You know, and you end up grabbing something, you know, that they have, and who, who knows. And plus, not to mention, going to the gym, you got to grab the bar and, and pretty much every exercise you do, and, you know, guys aren't washing well at the gym. So, man, you know, I'm going to just have to carry some hand sanitizer and wash my hand between every lift, and then maybe I'll be, uh, you know, I'll keep the sickness all away from me, man. Oh, yeah. So, Kishi, welcome back. Um, I hope you're feeling better and all. Yeah, I am. Thanks. It's um, just a crazy time of year, and so, you know, just trying to get through. I guess you guys can still hear um, stuffy, definitely, so um, sorry for the fun of allergies. Yay! My face feels like it's like a big old balloon ready to just explode. 
Can't be called. I know Naughty Potty. Oh, you know, I'm scared of those things. Like, I can't believe I've been in this live on the air, but yes, I am scared of those things. I'm one of those kids who thank God for 2020 vision because I couldn't wear contacts because the thought of sticking something in my eye just worked my nerves. And uh, the thought of putting something in my nose is just as bad, and uh, which is actually surprising considering I have a nose ring. So everybody was really surprised when I got that because uh, I, I just don't do those things. So, yeah, I'm, I, I know I probably should, but I don't. I do, however, rely on some very good uh, allergy medicine, which has a terrible side effect of knocking me out. <laughs> yeah, that's always a drawback to it. It's either uh, sleepiness or you know, either sedation, <laughs> one of the two. Oh, my God, um, yes. So w- let's talk draft before we bring in um, our guest here in the No Joke Football Huddle. And before we even start that, I uh, just want to let everybody know um, that thank you to Australia fans for uh, checking into our shop. And we're doing somewhat pretty well. We still got to do a lot of work to do. But uh, the Australian uh, Outback women's team, we're supporting them at our Zazzle shop at four slash gridiron beauties and a- any uh, sale of a chalk line t-shirt, chalk line t-shirt, no joke, chalk line t-shirts. Um, it's going to be on the tab. It says for the Australian campaign on the Zazzle shop. So you can go there and there's 33% off this weekend up to, I believe Thursday, which is thank you. Moms uh, is the code that you can use to get 33% off. And so to help support them, we donate $3, which is literally our profit. Um, for the shirts. So we're donating that between now and May 17th. So if you're inclined to help out the Outback women's team, uh, please go to the shop at zazzle.com or slash gridiron beauties. And so um, in Kishi, Troy, it looks to me uh, based on NFL.com, which I've been an ESPN and Fox sports uh, looks to me like Jarrett Goff is going to be the number one pick. Um, start with you, Troy. What do you think there? Um, yeah, I, I didn't understand why the Rams and, for that matter, the Eagles went up that high to to draft these two quarterbacks. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, and they're decent quarterbacks. Neither one of them are ready to start right now. It's not like you're looking at an Andrew Luck right now or even an RG3, for that matter. I, w- I would take RG3 over, you know, both of those quarterbacks. Um, you're not looking at someone like um, uh, you're not even looking at last year's crops um, or two years ago um, with with Teddy Bridgewater and, and guys like that. I I don't I don't understand what the point of that was. But you know, nonetheless, the, the trades have already been made. Jared Goff seems to be the guy. He seems like that he's running a system that's similar to what the Rams have run. Um, I think familiarity is a big part of that. Not, he's not a you know it's not a bad quarterback. He's six four. He's got a he's got a decent size arm. I think hand size is a bit of an issue, but he's a smart kid. You know, went to Cal Berkeley, and I think you know with some time, I think he'll be ready to play. I don't think he'll even see the field this year, and I think that goes uh, the same with Carson Wentz, who should be the second pick of the draft on the Philadelphia. So so uh, Troy, give give me the analogy here. The fact is it the fact that they moved up so much. I think to me as a fan, I'm looking at this as a move for the next two years and not necessarily for this coming year because the L.A. market demands it. If they don't get a winner or if they don't get a real quarterback, 
Case Keenum isn't somebody you post out on billboards all over L.A., but, you know, uh, golf, since it's a California boy, I would think that would bring in some excitement. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And and just, you know, if you had the, the opposite of that, and that's why I think golf is going to be the guy, because think about it. You're out in L.A., you, you know, all due respect to Carson Wentz, but North Dakota State quarterback is not the guy that you want to put on your billboard out in Tennessee. So, uh, I think Jared Goff should be the pick. Uh, but, you know, again, you're, you're right. They're going to have to sell some tickets coming out of the gate. And right now I think Case Keenum will be the quarterback, maybe for the first eight games, maybe for the entire year, depending on how he plays. But I think eventually you're going to get some clamor for Goff. But I think Todd Gurley should be able to, to help this team stay afloat a little bit. Uh, but they're going to have to definitely get some uh, some some play out there because I don't think the LA fans are going to be too too patient. And I, I think you know I know the owner out there, uh, Stan Kroenke, he wants to make some money. So I think you may end up seeing him early. I might have to change my mind on that. I think you end up seeing golf a little bit early in the season. And Kishi, um, besides the Ram talk here with the two quarterbacks uh, on the draft board, uh, your Cowboys are fourth. So um, most everybody's saying that they're going to take a cornerback, which is Ramsey from Florida. They might take a defensive end, which is uh, Joey Bosa from Ohio State, or they might even take the beast, uh, Ezekiel Elliott from Ohio State. So what's your thoughts? I say we go with the beast from Ohio State. Um, We need a cornerback. Um, Orlando Skandrick is decent. However, um, I still think that we clearly – have some issues on defense, and um, I, and, I, and we have a good defense. Let me say that. We have a decent defense, and in all honesty, our defense kept us in a lot of those games last year when we were having all those offensive troubles and quarterback switching and in and out and in and out. However, the one thing our defense still did not do last year that I really won to see change is we still are not creating turnovers. We are stopping the pass. We're stopping the run. But what we're not doing is creating turnovers, and we're not creating turnovers that are resulting in giving us good field position. And if you know you've got a potential for a lame or not as strong quarterback as your starting quarterback, then you've got to give that person a fighting chance, and our defense didn't do that last year. Yeah, I agree. I think that's where the route needs to go. If you get another running back, um, I think, uh, I mean, uh, Elliott's probably a good a good start. But uh, yeah, there are there are other issues. Um, Troy, uh, back to you on this. The news that you get uh, this week was, you know, is it something that you're you're really good at? Josh Norman coming to Washington. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean the the one thing that you can never have too many of is pass rushers and corners. And we got, which was arguably last year, the best cornerback in the league. Um, Josh Norman, he can he can play in pretty much any scheme. I mean, I know Carolina last year ran a lot of cover three, which means he played one side of the field. He played, you know, the deep third on one side of the field. But he, he came off of his player a lot, and he made plays, and that's what you're supposed to do in the zone is to know when to break off of your route, I mean, break off of your man, and then go attack the football. 
and that's what he did. And any time teams challenged him, for the most part, he got the better of him. And that's what you want really to get out did. of your corner. So I'm excited. I mean, just to see what the matchups are going to be this year. Des Bryant, of course, his old friend, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you want yes. to see those matchups. Yeah. Yes. And so yes. that, that's, that's what I was going to say. And twice and twice and twice. Not, twice not just year. And this and there's no love lost between either one of those guys. And I, I think, no. you know, oh, no. Odell Beckham and Des Bryant, these guys, <laughs> let me tell you something. He may it's have gotten be better than last year, but these guys are prideful individuals. And they are yes, not going to take that lightly. So they're going to be looking forward to face Josh Norman. So it's going to be a battle all year for him. Which is great for the Cowboys Redskins rivalry because now it's just gone up a notch. You know, yeah, and then, it, yeah. It, it, but that's good for fans. It's good for this, but it's also good for the league, good for the franchises, it's good for the commissioners, it's good for the NFL overall because when that means. Um, the TV ratings are going to go up because people are going to be tuned in just to watch those two go at each other. When you have an offensive player and a defensive player who go head-to-head, it really makes a difference in what it brings to the game. Another um, epic example of that was uh, Michael Crabtree and, um, oh, my God, from uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Thank you. Sorry. Charge it to Fezzi, uh sinus brain. But, yes, I mean, think about those two matching up and, and how many people tuned in just to see who was going to get the better of whom. It matters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, just looping back on, you know, earlier we were discussing Dallas's draft, uh, draft status, taking Ezekiel Elliott I think will be a luxury for these guys. But if you think about what Dallas's defense has had there during this offseason, they lost mm-hmm. Greg Hardy. He's not coming back. Well, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, he has a four-game suspension for substance abuse. Randy Gregory, yep. their rookie last year, four-game substance abuse. They're going to yep. need some pass rush on that end at some point. Yep. And it's, we've shown that those two young guys and Lawrence and Gregory are just not reliable guys. So I'm, no. they may end up having to take a pass rush at that point. Yeah, and right. it's, uh, I, mean, I mean, every, every, every team is clean on that. Yeah, it, defense is going to – I think, you know what, and we've always say defense wins games. I think for the first time in a long time, we're seeing, I don't know, and I could be wrong, a shift back toward defense. For so long, we became – or we, the NFL became all about the quarterbacks in a pass-happy league. It was, you know, it was wide receivers and quarterbacks who could throw the long ball, who could put up the most yards, et cetera. Now, and and again, you guys can correct me if you think I'm wrong, we're seeing a return in some ways to some good old-fashioned fundamental smash-mouth defensive football and the respect of, you know, the inside tackle, and they are coming in, and they are coming to take off your head. And you know what? I would like to see that. It is bringing some balance back to the game. Absolutely. I think you're saying that with Seattle, uh, and their prominence in, 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 the, in the Super Bowls, uh, Denver's prominence this year, and even a little bit before that, the Patriots, their two losses to the Giants, they were notably due to that Giants defensive line. So it's definitely mm-hmm. a big shift, and in, in, in the defensive side of the ball will always win championships, in my opinion. Yeah, 
Well, and especially because the rules kept changing to favor the quarterbacks, you know. I mean, and I and I I'm listening to Mike and Mike in the morning, and of course, you know, Mike is always talking about how, as a defensive person, his job is to take your head off. And Golick, obviously, not Greeny, and you know, every I mean, most of the players who came on who were former defensive players were saying that they couldn't have played under the current league rules because they felt so hindered and hampered, you know, in terms of they couldn't even touch you anymore. But now this investment, you know, that's being made on the inside and on the front line of your defense is huge as opposed to where in the past it was more on the secondary like the cornerbacks because you've got to stop the deep threat. And now you're seeing more of it on the front um, the front line in terms of the defense and the investment. And, and that's going to lead to some really good old-fashioned smash mouth and maybe even a return to some ground and pound for the running game and respect for running backs who can get past that. Yeah, I mean, I hope kind of blocking. I hope we get to a point where they stop disrespecting the running backs. I mean, Amen. again, I, I I love to bring up Todd Gurley because of just how important it was. Just imagine if Todd Gurley wasn't playing for the Rams uh, last right. year. I don't want to imagine. That team would have been. Exactly. I'm sorry, but I mean, <laughs> sorry, that, that, team, that team would not have been the same, you know. And yeah. you, you can look yeah. around the league. I mean, the same with Adrian Peterson. Where would the Vikings be without this guy? You can't sit back and right. play running backs aren't important because you can find good running backs in late rounds. They're still very important. Do you want to extend their careers? Absolutely. Are you going to keep finding the guys that you can run from a rookie all the way up until he's 35 years old and feed on the ball, you know, 400 times a year? No, you're not. But they're still probably the most important players on that offense, in my opinion, because they can do so many things. But it's a balance attack mentality. And when you go away from that and just an air game, uh, it's, right. a, it's, it's a fact. You can't do both. You'll, you'll only right. survive. It's almost like it's almost like the three point puts yes. up the bankers all the time and relies on that. And then eventually you have to play defense or go in down the paint. So it's just it's exactly. just the facts of life. Um, well, you guys, let's go into the No Joke Football Huddle. No Joke Football Huddle sponsored by Zazzle dot com. You can find all the shirts at Zazzle dot com forward slash Gridiron Beauties thirty thirty three percent off through uh, this Thursday. You can use the coupon. Thank you, Mom. And let's go into the huddle. We're going to be with the uh, Richmond Black Widows with owner and player, Sarah uh, Shirtskeeper and Caitlin Wright. So, um, Sarah and Caitlin, are you on? Uh, Hello? Hi, Sarah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. Okay, great. (laughs) Hello, ladies. How are you doing? Is Caitlin on here? How is, how, 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 yeah, you guys are on. Okay. Sorry. No problem. So is it Sarah and Caitlin on right now? I, well, this is Sarah. Okay, Sarah. Hi, is Sarah. Caitlin on with us today? She's supposed to be. Okay, She's I don't see anybody else in here. You know what her area code would be? 804. Yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll keep an eye on it for her. Um, so, Sarah, welcome to the show. Uh, you're on with Nkishi Free and Troy Wilson, two D.C. Uh, folks as well. They're out of uh, – one out of uh, Arlington out there and the other one out of D.C. So kind of familiar, oh, familiar folks. 
Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have to, wait, Oscar, I love you, but I was, so this is one of those funny things. I'm sorry for interrupting Oscar, but I have to be clear because I do not want anybody from Southeast or Southwest coming. I grew up in Fairfax, but it is the DMV. Look, Troy understands <laughs> I will claim the DMV, which is encompassing, but I have to be clear. I grew up in Fairfax. Troy, you laugh because you know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Oh. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess I'm I stand corrected. But either way, you're in that region, so we'll go with yes, that. Yes, I am proudly, proudly in the DMV. <laughs> so, Sarah, uh, tell 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 the fans here, owner and player, uh, tell us, yes, tell sir. the fans here and our our listeners, um, why the ownership part, and then um, tell us a little bit about your player uh, history. Um, so first the ownership part. Uh, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, it sort of ties into player history. Uh, I played for five years on the Sharks, um, from 2009 to 2013, uh, with the New York Sharks. Um, and I was on the, uh, national team in 2013. Um, and, uh, ended up moving down to Richmond and they didn't have a team, and it took about a year before uh, it got to be too much, and then I just had to try and start one on my own. Um, so it's been it's been interesting since there's no foundation really for women's football in Richmond. There there was a team that they tried to get started back in 2007, but they never played a game. They they fizzled out before they got very far. Um, I don't think they even had ever a confirmed coaching staff. So um, uh, as of now in the area, I think I'm the the one who, which is weird to say, that I'm the, the one that has the most experience with women's football. Um, so it sort of sort of fell on my shoulders to, to start it around here. And uh, I'm just, I'm very fortunate to have some amazing, amazing coaches and staff that are, that are helping me see it through. Now, Sarah, you come from uh, obviously coming from the Sharks, historic mm-hmm. historic uh, team in women's football. So you you have pretty much understand the the nuisance of the business and how things work, right? right? Being a part of the Sharks, especially in a bigger market, but technically Richmond mm-hmm. is probably a smaller market than anything else. So, how has recruiting been for you since you know you started mm-hmm. it a year ago? Is it has Right. A lot of interests, or where are we at right now? Uh, you know, once people know about us, they're very interested. Um, I should say that uh, New York is a big market, but because so much goes on in New York, uh, women's football can be a little bit of white noise. So you still do have to fight uh, for for players. You still have to fight for attention. Uh, so I was kind of used to that coming in here. Um, and uh you know, once people hear about it, they, they're very excited, they wanna come see a game, um, they're very they're very supportive. It's just getting that initial that initial word out. Um and uh that was the biggest struggle at first. I actually ended up in order to recruit players, I ended up using meetup. I made a meetup group. Um, just because I had no idea where to where to go to find players. I never had to do it from scratch before. 
because we have our team is 90% rookies. So it's, it's been a little bit of a struggle, but they're doing great. They're catching on incredibly quickly. And now that people hear about it, you know, we get we get emails every week about people who want to try out for next season. So it's it's a slow build, but it's definitely building. Now, Sarah, in the struggles of, on the financial end of it, with business planning mm-hmm. and everything, uh, did you, you know, how did you structure your funding at this point, or is it something that you're still working on, or, as they say, did you uh, sell your home to put up the team, <laughs> as they say? If I had money, I totally would have supported. I would have, I would have funded the team better than have money uh, myself. So uh, we've been very lucky to be able to get by. We don't actually even have players' fees right now. Um, that may change next season, uh, but so far we've been incredibly lucky getting by with um, with donations uh, and and a, a few sponsors. Uh, we have a electrical company that sponsored the uniforms, um, and then a couple of small businesses that are that are sponsoring. Uh, it's been it's just you know, it's one of those things that once, again, it's once people hear about it, then they're very interested and they want to support it, especially if a family member or a friend of theirs is playing on the team. Uh, but it's just getting that initial word out, and then people, people do want to, people do want to, they do want to support it, uh, whether it be through sponsorship to games and buying a T-shirt. Um, but funding has been. Uh, Funding is is always an issue in women's football. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. So so um, Sarah, what what about social media? How's that worked out for you in terms of uh, making a campaign or trying to focus on social media? Mm-hmm. I know you guys are you know pretty much on Twitter on Facebook, but uh, yeah. how's the social social media been for you? Uh, it's been it's been kind of crucial, uh, mainly because. In Richmond, uh, our team, we have a lot of girls that are uh, spread out. So we have a couple girls from the Virginia Beach area, Newport News area. We have some down in Petersburg and all of the easily 45 minutes to an hour plus away. Uh, So social media has been really big. Uh, Facebook um, and Twitter both have been really big, um, big components in getting word out. Richmond is a small city, but it's uh, very present on Facebook, and there's a lot of little community pockets on Facebook for Richmond, so we've been able to inject a lot through that way as well. Um, Well, Sarah, this is Nkishi. I wanted to interject really quickly with a question. You you brought up a really valid point in terms of Richmond being – you know, a small city and, of course, the state capital. Um, And I was – but what I'm wondering is, are you all or will you all be able to build on the momentum of the skin's presence in the city? Now, I know the D.C. Divas are here and, um, you know, and they're trying to build that relationship. But Mm – and, Troy, correct me on the number of years. You know, when the skins went – the skins or, well, they moved – 
a lot of their operations, because years ago they were in Pennsylvania in Lehigh Valley. Then they brought right. it back to um, Ashburn. And then they moved about two or three years ago, they moved everything to Richmond. Will yeah. them being in Richmond have an impact on you all in terms of creating momentum and recognition for the team? Do you know what I'm saying? Because he's, right. because the NFL is literally bringing, I mean, because, they're bringing an NFL team literally to Richmond for what are uh, three weeks in the summer. Will you all be able right. to capitalize on that relationship? We uh, it's been first season uh, it's been a little bit tricky, but the city was once they heard about it, the city was so open to the idea that they wanted us to use the Redskins training facility as our home field. Nice. Um, and it, it just it didn't work out for this season. We're hoping that we can get it to work out next season, because um, you know it's a training facility, so they don't have the bleachers set up the way we would want them, uh, or really any bleachers set up. Um, so there are some logistical things that would have to happen with the facility to uh, for it to be compl- uh, perfectly usable for us. But since the Redskins have started coming down, there has been a greater interest in football in the area, and that's helped for sure. Um, we uh, we are trying to capitalize in a way um, that makes sense for us without taking anything away from. I know the Divas uh, are are very connected to the Redskins. Um, and I don't want it to seem like we are stepping on their toes with the team, um, but uh, but in a way that in a way that works for us, we are going to try and capitalize as much as we can on the fact that they're bringing more football to the area. Because um, right now, except for college and a couple men's semi-pro teams, Richmond doesn't have a football team. Actually, the state of Virginia doesn't have a football team. Um, right. So that's part, right. of the, part well, of the drum a little bit. Well, and that was going to be the other thing. I love how you capitalized on the name, the Black Widows. Now, was that in reference to the University of Richmond being the Spiders? Was that a you know, Or oh, was sorry. that just? No, that's okay. I was just, I was just wondering if that had some kind of connection to the name because I was going to say VCU and Scott Richmond is a basketball town, and mm-hmm. so with you all being at Virginia Union, you know, as opposed to the University of Richmond is your home field, can you still kind of make that connection as well in terms of building interest and momentum? Right. Um, so. To start with the so the name I ended up choosing the name uh, and then it just happened to work out with University of Richmond Spiders. Uh, it wasn't specifically intentional; it just sort of um, happened that way, and it worked out. I guess kind of worked out well for us because when you type up Richmond Spiders, we do eventually fall in. It's just way down the line um, in Google searches, but. Uh, you know, being at Virginia Union is, at at this point, is good for both us and for them. Um, they're a small, they're an incre- they're a school with an incredibly rich history. Um, but I had never even heard of Virginia Union until I moved down here, um, and so we're hoping that 
And I think somebody, my, my boss, actually, from, um, his daughter goes to VCU, and they've lived, in, they've lived in Virginia for years and years, and he had never even heard of Virginia Union before. Um, so our hope is that together we'll be able to, you know, we'll, we'll sort of bring them up a little bit and they'll bring us up a little bit in the eye of the city. Um, long-term, again, I'm not sure where that's going to go because I know eventually their goals are to uh, build a new stadium. Um, so when that happens, I don't know what that will mean for us. I don't know if we'll have already moved on to a different field by then or uh, if it's something that will end up being like a joint venture. I don't know. Um, it's still kind of up in the air a little bit uh, with uh, how long we'll be there. It's good. We are very happy that Virginia Union opened their doors to us because it was incredibly difficult to find um, to find any place that was uh, open to the idea of women playing football on their field. Um, well, I think it's especially interesting, too, because Virginia Union is actually more known for their um, seminary, you know, yeah. because of the, of the, the theology school. So I think it's wonderful that a school known for its rich religious heritage opened up its doors. But I'm also not surprised because, you know, a lot of times, some really good powerhouses come out of little places. And I'm ex- mm-hmm. I'm extremely biased because I went to a small <laughs> school very similar to Virginia Union, not quite that small, but it's not much bigger. And yeah. we have a pretty big powerhouse that came out of our school, kind of this l- little dude named Jerry Rice. And so, <laughs> and so a lot of people don't know this. Yeah, just this little-known dude. He's only considered the best wide receiver in the game, but you know, hey. But uh, Virginia Union has a big powerhouse as well in the sports industry, but not in football. They have a powerhouse in basketball named Big Ben Wallace, who plays for Detroit. So I find it when so when you said that you know your boss didn't know. I mean, like literally, my mouth almost hit the floor. (laughs) You know, I'm like, dude, Big Ben hair for days. Just demolishing people all over the courts. How do you right. not know that? You know. So, but yeah. So I, I think that definitely I'm excited, and and I definitely think that you guys can be really good for each other. I think so too, and I think um, I mean they. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Is and and we foresee we've. The coaching staff and I, we foresee a really good future between us and the school. So we're we're trying really hard to to make it work for them as well. Uh, we had their women's basketball team. I, did they just win? They won something. I don't know if it was state or conference. I don't remember, and I'm really sorry that I, I should know. I don't remember, but their women's basketball team did really well uh, this past year. And so we had them out um, at our first home game. And, uh, you know, we want to, we want to recognize what they're doing equally as to an equal degree of how they're recognizing what we're doing. 
Awesome. So, Troy, you got anything for Sarah? Hey, Sarah, how's it going? It's Troy. Troy hey, Wilson. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. Hey, uh, you know, I'm a little bit familiar with the with the Richmond area. My wife is uh, from down there, um, and I, I know it's a it's a it's, it is a, a small town, but mm-hmm. it is a hotbed area for athletes. Um, you know, you had mm-hmm. uh, Darren Sharper, Jamie Sharper that came from down there, Tim Hightower, Sean Barber. Um, the list right. goes on with the players that you have down there, and you got big big-time high school football programs and collegiate. You got uh, Hermitage High School down there. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of talent that's in that area. And then just by listening to you say, you know, that your team is is pretty much compiled of 90% uh, first-year players, and then you're starting to see some interest coming from, you know, the ladies that are in that area. I think it's starting to bode well for you guys as far as moving forward. How do you guys, with 10% veterans that's on your team, how do you guys keep that 90% first-year players focused and, and and keeping their head on straight, especially when you have ebbs and flows, tough times, good times? How do you keep their heads on straight? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I've never been on a team that, uh, that had even close to the ratio of rookies to vets that we that I do on this team. Um, it's been at times it's a struggle, mainly because they're still learning what what it takes to play football. So they're still learning how to be on a football team. They're still learning all their plays. They're still learning their positions. Um, and then they have to learn then they have to learn what you do on the field. Um, and how you present yourself as a football player. Um, There's a lot. The learning curve for them is really, really steep, and they've done an amazing job. Um, I've been very blessed with the the women who have signed on this year. There isn't isn't one that I would would be concerned about. Um, We have... Granted, we have women that haven't really played football before, but they've played other sports. So they, we have women. Um, one of our one of our captains, she's actually uh, a retired uh, retired vet um, uh, from the army, um, and she's done Invictus Games. She's done Wounded Warrior Games. Um, she's she's an amazing team captain, and she even though she's never played football before, she really steps up. And, and is a great model for the for the for the women. Um, we have a couple who played basketball, um, and and same thing. You know, they as as athletes, they know what to do, and they they know how to do it. And so those are the ones that are stepping up and being vocal. And the other ones are just sponges, and they're just absorbing everything and listening. And and it's. All I can say is it's been it's been uh, it's been an an amazing experience to see all these women come together with literally no egos and just genuinely wanting to learn how to play and not necessarily taking anything personally when a coach instructs them or if somebody else they're just very open and willing to learn and um, 
I feel like I didn't quite answer your question. <laughs> oh no, you, you you answered it perfectly. You know what I mean? Because this is this is and and uh, this adds up to like a grassroots move just to watch, you know, yeah. young people develop and people like take on something new and then watch them apply that newness and and, mm-hmm. and things that they've learned and then watch them apply it on that field and have a sense of pride that goes along with it. And then right. also, you know, watching these watching them grow uh, along with your program that only that has to bode well for everyone's confidence going forward. And that's despite record. I mean, because right now record yeah. has little to do with it when it comes to, you know, uh, you know, to coaching and, and developing these young people out here. It's more so about making progress. And when you, when yeah. you're doing that, just by you saying, you know, just by you coming out saying, you know, there are, in, there are interests from ladies outside of the program interested in coming into the program. I think that bodes hugely well. So, I mean, I definitely want to see you guys continue that type of momentum. So I I wanted to ask some questions about you. Like, tell me a little bit about you. Like, what made you choose to play women's football? I mean, I'm pretty sure you were an athlete growing up, um, you know. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit, like, what drove you to to play football? Um, I actually never played an organized sport until I started playing football. Really? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. This is this story's about to get real good now. All right, I'm gonna sit back on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm listening. I'm so listening. As a former athlete, I want to hear. Tell, tell. <laughs> I know it's uh, you know all to say. Like we have several women on the team who've never done it, who've never played an organized sport before. So I usually I usually encourage them a lot. Um, you know, I grew up. I. I I don't think I've ever actually, even though, do you play on DC Divas or no? No, I do no. not. No, I, no, I started, I played uh, soccer, I ran track, I did basketball, oh, okay. um, cheerleading, and I was a lifeguard in college. Okay, so I haven't, <laughs> so I haven't actually met any of you guys personally. No, no, not yet. <laughs> um, well, I am very tall, and I grew very tall when I was very young. Um, so I felt really awkward about being so tall. And my uncle would always get on my mother about, you know, you should go go put her in basketball. Go put her in basketball. And I tried. That's I went, always the know, first one, isn't it? It's always the first one. Yeah. When they say tall, they say, oh, they put a basketball yeah. in their hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily sad. It just wasn't my sport. And I showed up, and I was taller than the coach, and I felt really awkward, and I never wanted to go back. Um, and then, you know, then it just got, you know, like I went to a school that didn't really have sports, and it sort of didn't, it just never really was something that seemed very available to me as a kid. Um, I found football when I went to grad school in New York, and um, the movie Whip It had just came out, and I was going to go look for a roller derby team. And luckily, I really suck on roller skates, and so I found <laughs> football instead. So, you, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, so that worked out really well for me. <laughs> but it was, it was one of those things that once I, once I got out there, and then all these memories of me playing football with my brother growing up came back. 
And um, it was like, this is what I was supposed to be doing the whole time. Um, so it was, sure, I wish I'd found it sooner, but I found it when I needed it. And it's been amazing. Awesome. Awesome. But all to say, so, no, I never played an organized sport until this. Okay, wow. so now I have to know, how tall are you? Uh, when I stand up straight, I'm about an even six feet. Oh, wow. Six, eight? No, just six. Just flat. Oh, flat. six. Okay. Well, that's not bad. I'm five, eight. So that's not oh, bad. Six, eight. I wish I was six, eight. I, I know, right? Well, because when you said you were taller than the coach, I'm trying to. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Well, when you said you were taller well, than the coach, I'm trying to picture this because I'm like, heck, I'm, I'm short and I'm five. Well, because I'm five eight and I'm short for a tall woman. You know, I'm. Well, yeah. let me phrase that. I'm gonna get my half inch in. I'm five eight and a half. I'm claiming that half. <laughs> I'm that's an oxymoron for the week. Yeah, the ruler doesn't count. Look, look, I have stood you next to you, Troy. You know I am not short. Uh, Kichi, the, pedi- the pediatrician, uh, uh, what do you call it, ruler isn't counting anymore. We got to move on. <laughs> well, I was uh, uh, when I was like 13, so that's why he he must have been like five nine, five ten. Oh, okay. that was already so it was just. So, so Sarah, um, yeah. you know, this is kind of like just a coffee moment for us. We we don't have a formal platform, so you can you can you know think of us am- among friends, as they say. Um, <laughs> the success early on had to have been such mm-hmm. an amazing thing for you. The first two weeks out, uh, you guys yeah. put up 48 points against Tri City, and only held yeah. them to 12. The second week, you guys put in 26 points. And I don't know what Fayetteville looks like right now, but they weren't very fierce with the zero donut in the end. But then you get into uh, week three and four, which is this last week. And this week I don't think was really uh, anything but a gauge of the fact that I don't think you're up to par in in terms of a tier system yet. You know, I mean, you're not at a diva level. So but it, it was a good opportunity for them to, you know, put up a score at least against somebody like the divas. And then the Phantoms, uh, kind of, I guess, below the Diva quality in, in terms of play because they probably have more veterans and more s- structured uh, players. So I, I guess you have to pat yourself on the back that you actually put points on the board against two pretty good teams in these last two mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, you know, um, the first two weeks were first game. Let's start with the first game. First game was a lot of kinks had to get worked out. Like, these girls are – we had 22 penalties that first game. Now, granted, that wasn't necessarily all us, but it was a lot of, uh, let's say, creative officialing. Um, uh, okay. Uh, but, uh, but there were – Well, call it what it is. Go ahead and call it what it is, Sarah. You're good. Uh, Nobody, nobody's going to criticize you here. Just call it what it is. Sarah, I don't. I don't want you to get a twenty-five thousand dollar fine. So I just, you know, just exactly. We don't want to leave the fine year here. Creative officially. Um, there you go. Politically correct. Awesome. Thank you. Um, but uh, you know, so it that was their first time ever playing with officials. So 
So there was a lot of learning that happened that first game. Um, second game, same thing. Each week for them is a huge teaching moment right now. Um, you know, I've been with the Sharks. I've played a silly team almost every season, and I have never lost to one of them. So it was a little bit going into the third week. It was a little bit like my pride got wounded because I've never lost to a Philly team before. Um, but I will say that Philly team is very good, and they, I think, they have pretty much everybody on their roster has played either for the Liberty Bells or the Firebirds. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, they're just basically rebranded this year, essentially, is what I'm taking from it. Um, and I feel like next year they will most likely end up in tier one. Um, but, uh, but the DC team that, you know, when, when Lisa, when I talked to Lisa about schedule, um, I said, I wouldn't shy away from playing them mainly because I knew that it would again, be a huge teaching moment for the girls. And they came out having learned a lot from that game. Um, it's and then this week we're back to we're back to our tier three back to Fayetteville. Um, it's uh, I can't I can't say that I'm disappointed with them having lost to DC or even Philly. I'm a little bit disappointed with Philly. I won't lie, um, but I can't say I'm disappointed with them having lost to DC uh, because they not once in either of those games in Philly or DC, not once did they give up. They kept fighting. Uh, and that's really all you can ask when, when your skill or ex- slash experience level uh, and your roster size is outmatched. All you can ask is that you don't give up. Uh, and they didn't. And so for that, I am incredibly proud of them. Uh, each week they're getting better and each week things are clicking better in their head about the game. So I, I'm very confident that by the time we get to the end of this season, they're going to be in a really good shape for next season. Now, uh, Sarah, an 8-8 eight and eight is not a bad thing. If you, can, if you look at the schedule right now, and I'll, 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 I'll give you maybe Keystone and Philly, you'll end up losing again too. Uh, off the bat because you're on the road. But you have played Fayetteville and Tri-City pretty pretty well, so they're probably at your mm-hmm. level. So an 8-8 eight and eight first season finish is, is, is really good uh, considering, you know, the schedule yeah. and everything else. So you you have to be proud at the end of the season, even if you are at an even 500 for, this, for the season. Right. That's, that's going right. to be a huge win for you guys. Oh, yeah. For a team where only four people have played football before, yeah. Huge. I'm, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I do think that we have. I do think that we might end up beating Keystone. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. What They're happens, listening. But. They're listening. Just by the way, <laughs> Keystone is listening. That, I'm just kidding. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so there's no fines in our show, by the way, we don't give out fines, maybe chocolates or something, but that's usually not. Oh, safe. Um, uh, uh, uh. I like, um, I like so um, tell us, Sarah, tell us a little bit about Caitlin, Caitlin, Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about a couple names that 
we're going to be watching for on the uh, on the roster sheets and the stat sheets coming in the next couple oh. of weeks. I know they're putting up some points. Uh, you guys have been scoring, I think, 80 points through two weeks so far. And from what I what I saw on the stat sheet, um, you have Nicole Beal with 22 mm-hmm. carries, two touchdowns. You got Caitlin Wright, uh, 13 completions. She's yeah. at a 70% rating. And then you also mm-hmm. have I, – I thought I – I'd asked, uh, I think, who's your defensive player that I had mentioned on the interview before? Um, oh, I don't know. Defensive player. Let me see here. Right uh, let me go look at my um, – what was that? We have April Bryant. She's our safety. I think she is leading in tackles. Um, but, yeah, that, I think that was the name. Yes, correct. So yes. tell us a little bit about those three players that, that, are, that we should be watching for in the next couple of weeks based on – you know, the stat results and things like that that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, April, so April Bryant likes to be, she likes to be called BZ. Um, so she, uh, she, her, she's on a roll at this point. I would not expect her, her tackles to, to slow down any. Um, she will be, she will be racking up some more, um, She's in a good steady role. Actually, I think she's. I think her uh, her average is increasing as we as we get further into the season. So she's. I mean, she's got feet. She just she we call her sniper. Um, she just finds the ball and just goes after it. She's incredibly incredibly good. Um, so Caitlin, violent, violent nickname. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would say, Sarah, that, w- that would be the first person to put on a promo poster and put some, yes. uh, what do they call that, some football mascara on her and come see the beast, <laughs> as they say, live. Yeah. <laughs> and Black Widow, adding the Black Widow name to that, uh, that's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's very good. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, she's definitely going to be on – on some promo that we're going to do for next season. Um, but Caitlin's done an amazing job as, as a, as a rookie QB. She's getting more and more confident um, in, in, in her throws and in her accuracy and also more confident with her offensive line. And a rookie QB needs to feel comfortable back there. And um, so it takes time to build that, but she's, She's trusting us more and more, um, and she's just going to get better. Nicole Beal is a beast as well. She's also, uh, first two games, she was she was also pretty high on the tackles. Um, and then uh, and she's a very good running back. Um, other names that you're going to want to watch out for, Crystal Harvey, number 22. Very good. Very quick. She's surprisingly quick. We nicknamed her the Pink Princess. Um, who else? Shanice, number 11. She's uh, our DN slash tight end. Um, she's one of our basketball players, so she's tall. She's got good hands. Um, and uh, she's quick. She's good, too. Um, who else? Who else we got? Well, you got Jasmine Martinez on punt returns. That's probably a speedster at some point. 
right? I said she's probably, probably a very good fast fast feet fast feet when you got a punt returner. Probably very light. Is um, she like a light? Is she listed as punt return? Uh, well, we on the stats for the first two weeks, she's listed as uh, as kickoff returns okay. and, and and punting. So I don't know if she's on, she's on that stats or not, but that's what it's listed. But um, okay, Sarah. So tell the fans where they can get a hold of you. I know that you're getting interest on email, but let the fans yeah. know before we go here um, where they can get a hold of you in terms of, like you said, for next season. You're in the middle of this season, but you know all of the yeah. all the interested. Uh, uh, girls or women that want to try out for the team, obviously they can come out and see the last couple games of the season so they can see what it really feels like and what it is in terms of the atmosphere. Um, tell tell the fans where they can get engaged with you guys in terms of contacting you, in terms of uh, tickets, uh, anything right. that, that you guys need help with in terms of donations, of course, because, you know, uh, in order – All of that helps. Uh, like, I told, like I told all the teams, uh, when you – week one is the, is the, is the point where – um, you need to start thinking playoffs no matter if you make the playoffs or not because the funding has to be there. So even yeah. in the off season, you still got to think you're a championship team because if you don't, uh, then, you well, know, at the end of the day, there's some teams that obviously can't come up with funding within two weeks before their, uh, you know, their playoff games or something like that. So I think everybody has to have that mindset that you're going to go to the playoffs and to the national championship. Think mm-hmm. of that mentality to, to raise the funds. So tell us a little right. bit of uh, – where we can find you on, on the social sites and as well as on your website. Right. So we're richmondblackwidows.com. Um, and that's, we've got our game schedule. We've got uh, contact points on that as well. We also have a link to our GoFundMe page on our website. Um, we have our Facebook page, which is, you just have to look up uh, Richmond Black Widows on Facebook. Uh, we also have Twitter, which is RVA Black Widows. Um, all of those, uh, any of those contact points would end up coming to me anyway. Um, but those are those are the main points. You know, we have on the website and on our Facebook page, we have links to buy tickets to this Saturday's game, which is our last home game until June. Um, all uh, will be will be away for all of May. Um, that's what we got. So Sarah, in terms of in terms of funding, um, what's yeah. the goal? So fans know exactly at this point. I know they can donate anything, you know, small amount, large amount. But what is the right. goal for funding? Is there a specific goal for funding? Fifty thousand, ten thousand, twelve thousand? I mean, is there an well, actual we, goal for funding? Um, sky's the limit, man. But our GoFundMe, uh, we as of now we have it set for ten thousand. We are okay. at about. 15% of that. Um, okay. But, uh, so, so everybody can still donate and, and get, to oh, that, get to that level. So yeah. for next season on a business a- end of things, I know we've talked to a lot of, you know, a lot of owners, obviously we've talked to Odessa mm-hmm. and we've talked to other owners in the WFA. I love um, Odessa. Yeah. Odessa's, Odessa is a resource. So if you, if you yeah. need anybody, that would be the person to call. Um, very creative, bright ideas, and she's very motivated. Um, mm-hmm. So, Sarah, the 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 aspect of business end for next year. I mean, this is already done. If you think of it in a business sense, this season is already done mm-hmm. for you. In other words, yeah. you know, even though you're still playing in it. Um, so, what's your plan for next season? Is it uh, more more out in the community? You know, more donations, trying to like 
you know, like uh, Minkishi said, trying to uh, kind of venture into making partnerships with the local colleges and the local universities mm-hmm. and the different athletic programs. Right. Um, yeah, we're, we definitely are going to be planning more community events because that's, that's big to me. Uh, one thing that that's different, I think, about women's football that versus men's football, or at least the NFL, is that women's football is much more about the community than NFL teams are because these women live in the community. So um, we, I try to, I try to make sure that we're very community focused. So we're going to be doing, we'll be doing a couple things. I think we have um, an American Cancer Society thing set up for, I believe the 14th, um, which is our first bye week. Um, so we'll be doing something there. But uh, but yes, we'll be doing some fundraisers throughout the fall. Um, and then we'll be looking to hook up with, uh, we'll either solidify, uh, further solidify our our union with Virginia Union or um, or look to see what we can do with um, possibly the Redskins. Um, but definitely, definitely going to be still working on um, sort of sinking more into the city and more into the community uh, in this in the coming summer and fall. Well, uh, I don't think that would be too hard to do. And like Troy said, you guys really have a good base in, in terms yeah. of the schools, in terms of the talent, and also the city of Richmond is hungry for opportunities to also help keep the kids off the street. So even if it's yeah. offering a clinic one day to some local girls, you know, I mean, things yeah. like that, the city could definitely get behind and endorse. And as um, you didn't officially hear this, of course, because you didn't officially hear this, even though it's live on the air, um, I don't know what being in the state's capital means that you also have access to lobbyists and other individuals yeah. who are always trying to petition the state for play, um, play 60 and other things to get kids mm-hmm. healthier. So look for some of those um, organizations that are trying to mm-hmm. make changes uh, in children's health issues. Oh, yeah, for And sure. try to see what kind of partnership opportunities are available there between getting the message out about what you're doing and how you yeah. the city yeah, I know that we um, You guys have a lot going on And it's amazing And I can't wait Hopefully we need to get down there for a I think she's cutting in and out But that's okay We'll get her I was afraid it was my phone No, 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 we're good So Sarah, we're actually excited that uh, You guys are on board WFA Um you know, building up obviously towards tier one is going to take a little bit of, you know, a planning and a lot of work, but, you know, yeah. starting points always, uh, before we leave is the tier system. I know you, you were uh, probably, I don't know if you played in it when it was part of a, an IWFL setup, because this is basically mm-hmm. an IW, IWFL setup. Now yeah. it's a WFA, I would say WFA experiment. Um, uh, Mm-hmm. So w- before you go, tell us a little bit about that, how, how that's worked out, because that's basically uh, building towards levels of achievement, right? Um, 
Yeah, and also also better gauging uh, who should be playing against who, I feel like. And, um, you know, you get situations sometimes where in regions there maybe aren't as many teams. Teams look better on paper because of their wins, but they're not so it's it's a it's a I think it's a better ranking system of the strengths of a team. Um right. I'm I'm all for the tier system. I actually think it is beneficial to women's football. Uh at least at this point until until we get until the sport gets recognized at uh at a at a high level where Teams are more equal. Teams will never be all completely e- even. But when when we build up the, the teams enough that they're more equal, I think then we can say that we don't need it anymore. But right now we do. Um, I, so Sarah, um, are you part of? Are you an owner that that believes in the fact that the thirteen tier one teams are your bread and butter for this league to get noticed? Would that be a good fair statement to say? Um, to get noticed, uh, what I mean is that those are major markets. You got Odessa and Dallas, you got the Sour Sisters in Kansas City, you got the Majestics in Seattle, you got the War Angels in Fresno, you got, uh, Mm. you know, uh, basically Boston, DC, Pittsburgh. I mean, I would say technically the tier one is is the best bet for, I'm talking about for league sponsorship to go to the next level. The, The Metro the Metro teams in tier one are basically the ones that if we're going to present, uh, I know you want to present your black widows, but as an ownership group, as a whole for the league, uh, right. you would say that you would be the voice to say, yes, those are the best 12 teams in our league that you can yes. sponsor or support or get behind with. Uh, because if right. they grow their fan base and their revenue, then, then we get to a stage where, um, you know, you, you, if you make enough revenue from a sponsor, the 12 tier one teams can then somehow, you know, fiddle up some money towards the the tier two and tier three to support in some other facets where it's a lot Mm -hmm. more mutual uh, to the sport. In other words, still to as a sport. So would you agree with that? Um, I agree that the tier one teams are certainly the, the teams that will garner the most, the most interest and attention. Um, I, whenever people, whenever people ask me about, well, what do you see for the the Black Widows in Richmond? I usually refer them to uh, Pittsburgh or Chicago or Boston. All of those teams, or DC, all of those teams have done very well locally, um, and also they're they're well established, long running teams. Um, so yes, I do agree that that those are the teams that we would sort of want to showcase if that's, if that's a good word for it. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you for the time. I know we've been back and forth on email, but I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy lady. So um, I wish you very well with the team. All three of us here uh, like to see the widows, you know, finish at 500 or better. So uh, Keystone, mm-hmm. watch out, as you said before. So they might <laughs> be on that, on that radar. And, uh, you know, Philly's coming up again, so you get another crack at Philly. So maybe this will be a a different outcome coming next. 
Um, but yeah. other than that, you've had a good season, two and two. You can't be, uh, but but uh, excited about the fact that you're still two and two. Yeah, I'm not, I, and and the fact that we've we've won games, I'm I'm happy about that. So, Sarah, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. If you uh, need some help with promotions, you got the three of us that know how to do that, and you also have the great resource of Odessa Jenkins. Yeah. So, you know, don't don't hesitate to, as I say, network and reach out because that's right. always beneficial for, for something. So uh, great luck with the Black Widows. You guys are taking on uh, Fayetteville, right, uh, this coming yeah. 30th? And mm-hmm. you guys had beaten them, I think, uh, 26 to 0 last time. So I'm assuming the we outcome did. might not be the same, but hopefully it will be on your fa- in your favor. It should be. It should be better. But yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very we'll keep tabs on you, and then we'll go. F- uh, we'll guys. be rooting for you this weekend. Thank Great you. Thank you. you. Hey, Sarah, you are definitely a down girl. So I appreciate you for coming on, and good luck with the whole season, girl. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having hey, me. I'm hey, sorry that Kristen didn't on. I'm sorry? Hello, thank, thanks for coming on our show. Oh, no, thank you so much. And I'm sorry that I'm sorry that we somehow missed Caitlin. Um, oh, no, uh, don't worry about that. We'll get her on the next, next time. You'll see okay. her before we do. So as my mother would say, as my mother would say, you'll see her before we do. So there'll be repercussions, as my mother would say. No cookies for you. Oh, see, first you mentioned. Have a great one. There you go. Good night. You enjoy it. All right, guys. That was Sarah. Um, It's a search keeper, and I I guess Caitlin didn't come in, so we're we're good. We'll figure it out. Um, And Kishi, do you need? Can you stay around, or you're going to be bailing out? No, I'm definitely, I'm definitely done for the day. I really, really tried, but um, right, the cool. good allergy medicine is not liking me anymore. <laughs> so, so I will we'll, catch you we'll guys next you, uh, week. Hopefully we'll I'll have this kicked off. Dreamland. Yes, thank you guys so much. And hopefully I'll have this kicked off and, and this crazy weather will settle and so my nose won't feel like a big balloon is attached to my face. <laughs> Well, we hope you rest up and get some, uh, yeah, exactly. Good luck. But uh, just rest up, you know, and um, hopefully get better. And it's all, it's all about recovery. So, and especially with with illnesses. I'm just lucky because there's a flu going around and I'm lucky because I didn't get that. So I'll take this. Yeah, I I did. So I, yes. I got plenty of flus and all kind of stuff. So, yeah, you don't want yeah that. well, I was scared in April. You, were, I was scared when we were at the game. I was like, Lord, let him be healthy because I don't want it. <laughs> and no, we thing. just went. <laughs> I know we just went from snow to 80 degree weather back to whatever. Yeah. And my face has just said enough. <laughs> yeah, this, so this I will area catch you guys. Oh my God, my face. So listen, you guys, I'll catch you next week. And um, awesome show as always. And we're kick butt team. Awesome. All right, Have a great one. All right. Bye. All right, Troy. So we are going to uh, finish up the show here, wrap up, but um, I can tell you right now, uh, her team is probably going to be uh, finishing probably at 500, eight and eight. Um, and she has a keystone on her radar for some reason. And I'm pretty sure she'd like to beat Philly as passionate as she claims to be. So we'll see, we'll see how that works out. But, uh, 
Um, she's doing great about, things. There's something about the state of Pennsylvania that, that brings out a lot of uh, hatred, vitriol, some of those words. That's how I feel about the Eagles, the Flyers, the Phillies, you know, any Philadelphia team. So, I mean, I kind of feel her on that one. You know, she wants to just win that game. Anytime Keystone State, Philadelphia, you got to beat those teams, man, you know. Shout out to Philadelphia. I used to live there for four years, so I can do that. Just get, just giving you guys a little mess. That's all. <laughs> well, I can say if um, if you and Sarah were sitting there, I guess she'd be uh, high fiving <laughs> mm-hmm. against Philly. <laughs> there you um, go. So we'll wrap up WFA. Let's go WFA right now. I'll just talk a little bit about the WFA um, week four. It was the Phantom sixty-six to zero against the Keystone Assault. And then it was the Divas beating her Richmond uh, Black Widows, 48-6. to six. And, and the, the, the way the system works right now, as she was uh, mentioning, the way the system here is uh, there's teams that are broken down sort of like you do in, in college football, where you have Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. And so gotcha. there's certain teams that are slated for Division III. Um, the national rankings for the WFA came out this week. Um, if you guys are inclined to look at it, go to WFAfootball.com. There's a story there on the rankings and how that's put together. And you can also go to the Massey ratings. Uh, also at the WFA football website, click on Massey ratings, and you can see where each team is uh, slotted for this. Massey ratings is basically kind of like the college football, ESPN college football poll for women's football. They've been doing it a long time. So it's a good gauge in, in terms of what the hot teams are and and the strength of schedule and everything else that's included into the numbers. So um, Pittsburgh keeps rolling 25 in a row since 2014, since their two uh, years in the IWFL, and now they're in the WFA. And so the passion uh, behind Tara Catoni and uh, Lisa Horton out there, just rocking 43-0 to against the Cleveland Fusion. Uh, the Fusion this year has been revamped, so – They've been having some issues. The last couple of seasons, they've been a very good team. Um, but, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, 25 games in a row right now. That's just huge. I mean, you can't – Chicago, 46-6 uh, against St. Louis. Um, they had not – they have not faced a Tier 1 opponent yet, Chicago. So they're steamrolling over uh, Tier 2 teams and Tier 3 teams. So uh, the closest game of the, uh, the week was Indy Crash – 26 to 25 against the West Michigan Mayhem. So hats off to them for that awesome, awesome game. That's that just huge, huge game right there uh, to win by one point. Uh, Atlanta, the Alabama Fire. We talked about the last two weeks. Alabama was on fire, and all of a sudden they get blazed. Uh, Phoenix just shuts them down, 48 to 20. And you're talking a, a tier one team versus a tier two team here. So that's where um, Sarah was mentioning the fact that. It's like going from college division one to facing a college division two team. So there are, you know, there are going to be some differences there. Uh, the other teams here, uh, elite Odessa and the uh, elite take care of the impact with no impact 74 to zero. And so uh, they're on a roll and we knew that they were going to be on a roll, right? Tori? Cause I mean, she just, she said it at the beginning of the year, she's wanting yeah. the, the prize. And, and they're yeah, not, she, they're she, not, uh, they're not holding back. Yeah, she pulled a Babe Ruth, man. I mean, she's been calling a shot, you know, ever since, you know, uh, she, she's been calling a shot ever since he called it, dude. So, yeah, she she hasn't missed yet. 
And you had Majestic's uh, 22-2 to rebound against Tacoma. Uh, they beat Tacoma in the first, I think, week two, 13-0. Now they rebound 22-2. to The Portland Fighting Shockwaves, 49. The South Oregon Lady Renegades, 3. The Renegades coming off a win last week, but now they go back to a loss. Uh, Portland is up at the top uh, right next to Seattle, so neck and neck right there, those two teams. Myaha um, Blaze. Uh, 56 to 14, and they were obviously they played that snow snow game about a week or so ago against Kansas City and Colorado. So um, hopefully that wasn't the case, but they they win. Uh, Cal War Angels continue to just dominate. 82 to zero is the score. 82 to zero. Um, they just they're just hot, and they haven't faced a tier one team yet. So based on their schedule, they're not going to face any tier one team until the beginning of the playoffs. So I don't know how good can that be, right, Troy? I mean, I don't know if this is like just, you know, putting up so much points against uh, Division Three isn't going to get you ready for Division One matchup in the playoffs. So I don't know how that, that's going to react or how they're going to react when they get to the playoffs and they have to face, uh, you know, a Tier 1 team. Yeah, they're going to have to wait their time to, to really test their mettle. I mean, so when they start playing those Tier 1 teams, it's, it's just going to be a whole different ball game. It's going to be a different speed. I do worry that they're not used to that type of speed and that type of play yet. So, when you know, we'll see how they respond to it if and when uh, they make it out to the playoffs. So, next week, uh, the matchups are going to be uh, key games that we're talking about here. Uh, Phantoms taking on Renegades. And that is uh, the uh, tier tier two team versus tier one. Uh, Boston uh, coming off the loss to um, DC, um, so they they come off the loss to DC. Now they're 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 facing the Phantoms, which the Phantoms have been on a roll. They just came off a 66 to zero against the Assault, not on equal footing or equal level uh, in terms. They beat their own you know equal tier team 66 to zero, but I doubt they're they're going to beat Boston by that equal amount. The Passion will take on the Detroit Dark Angels, which I, at this point, based on how they're doing, we might be looking at 26 in a row. So it's just crazy. And then Chicago takes on the Columbus Comets, Tier 2, uh, tier two team as well. Uh, the other matchup, the hot matchup of the week, is going to be Atlanta Phoenix taking on the D.C. Divas. Atlanta Phoenix, D.C. Divas, and then Odessa's Dallas Elite, taking on Katie Sowers and the Kansas City Titans. So those are the top games of this week that we're going to keep an eye on. Uh, so we're taking taking a look at that. And then the uh, alternate game to look at would be um, the Sin City Trojans taking on the Central Cal War Angels. So we'll see how that battle works out on the west side. Um, so uh, let's move on to the uh, recaps, the women's recaps, and then sponsored um, by Zazzle.com. So we're going to the women's recap, and we have championship fever coming up this weekend down under. So, Troy, let's go to Victoria, where the action's going to happen this, this coming week. Okay, so Gridiron Victoria, the 2016 Vic Bowl Finals will be coming up this weekend on April the 30th. Huge game. Uh, first, let's talk about the results that happened this past Saturday on April 23rd. We had a big upset. In the semifinals, the Red Hot Melbourne Chargers came in with a three-game winning streak and surprised the undefeated Raiders six to nothing in advance of the finals. This is it was a huge upset. 
Um, they were undefe- the Raiders are coming in undefeated. So, you know, we said to tune in for it. We said keep your eye out on it. You guys didn't listen. I hope most of you did. But it was a great game. It was a, it was a big upset. So now the Chargers have won. You have uh, the, the Chargers have won in four straight with the upset. And you have the champion G-Long Bucks. They also shut out the Milton Wolves 42 to nothing, and they advanced to the finals. Now, the Wolves' first-year squad, they played amazing ball all year, and they earned a playoff berth. But now the Bucks, with hashtag no joke football supporter, Rochelle Cranston and Kylie West will look back will look for their back-to-back championships. Um, now, the Chargers... They have won four straight, including that upset. Um, Melbourne faces the they, they faced the Bucks in Week One and lost sixty to twenty four. We'll see if they can make it five in a row with their historic run in the history books. And so now you, as you're going to have this week, you got the Geelong Bucks versus the Melbourne Chargers in the Vic Bowl, and you can catch the recaps um, that'll be on their league site, gridironvictoria.com.au, and at gridironvictoria on Facebook. You can also visit uh, Women's Gridiron Leagues of Australia on Facebook or also on Twitter, at Women's Gridiron, for the latest news and updates on the Australia season. I'll so, you know, North America. Off. Yeah, we've got a North America and uh, Utah Girls Football League season week three is still in the uh, is in the books. The latest updates you can get at utahgirlstackle.com and at their Facebook page, Utah Girls Tackle Football League. Plus, you can follow them on Twitter at UT Girls Tackle, um, so you can follow all for the post scores and the updates. Uh, reminder: Canada Women's Season is almost here, May 2016. Follow at WWCFL and at MWFL Football on Twitter uh, for their website links for schedule and ticket information. Um, visit their Facebook page, the Western Women's Canadian Football League, on Facebook and their website at www.cfl.ca, www.cfl.ca. The Maritime, you can follow them at mwfl.pointstreaksite.com, mwfl.pointstreaksite.com. Sugar and Spice Football League will also kick off in May. Uh, Check out the schedule and season tickets. You can go to sugarandspicefootball.com, sugarandspicefootball.com. So we talked about the WFA, uh, some of the key, key game results. For week four, uh, Pittsburgh uh, 43-0 against the Fusion. That's on their 25-game winning streak. That's very impressive. Chicago 46-6 against St. Louis. Uh, Dallas 74-0 against Arlington Impact. And the Phoenix um, cooled down the Alabama Fire 48-20. The week five key matchups will be posted on our Facebook page. So check that out. Watch us on Facebook at Gridiron Beauties. Get all the, uh, get all the other scores on the WFA weekend. Go to the WFA website at WFAfootball.com, WFAfootball.com, or you can go to Twitter at WFA Football, at WFA Football. Visit WFANation.com for exclusive interviews with Doji Malo and the WSMBN TV uh, with WFA All-Stars and game broadcast schedules as well. Go to WFANation.com. So, Troy, let's go to the IWFL. All right, IWFL weekend games, uh, the results this past weekend. The New York Sharks, Sharks, they edged the uh, Washington Prodigy in overtime 10-7. The Montreal Blitz, they shut out the New York Knockout 48-0. Austin Yellow Jackets, they beat the Houston Wildcats 22-12. The Houston Energy, 
they beat the Tulsa Threat 32 to 12, and the Carson Bobcats won the game against the Nevada Storm 54 to 24. Now, for Week Four results and Week Five schedules, you can follow me on Twitter at IWFL, or you can visit IWFLSports.com for the latest updates and scores. You can also visit our Facebook page for the latest updates. Oscar, you want to take Guam? Let's go to Guam and the Guam Women's Tackle Football League Week 4. Team Legacy continues its dominance in this season, defeats Sindaloo 26-6 to stay undefeated in 2016. You can get the recap on our Facebook page from Guam Sports. Uh, as well, Steel Blazers keep pace with Team Legacy at 3-1, and beating the Lady Raiders 19-0. to And the Lady Falcons beat the Island Stunners 22-0. to You can also get the recap from PDN News. So all the recaps on our Facebook page via G- GSPN and PDN News. So in Mexico, uh, FX Mexico Action Week 4 results are posted on our Facebook page. Um, you can go there for the latest. And on the WFL Official uh, WFL on Facebook, you can catch all the um, results and scores for this weekend's three games, and we have those on our Twitter as well as on our Facebook page, and you can go to their official Facebook page at WFL. Uh, PGFL Week uh, 4 scores and updates, you can follow Pretty Girls Football League on Facebook and get all the updates from this past week. And Troy, we'll go to Legends. Yeah, Week 2, though, my heart. Um, ended up beating the New England Liberty 26-6 on Saturday night at Ralston Arena. And the heart with the new coaching staff and re-energized team looked to improve in their last two seasons of disappointment. And the delay broadcast on the YouTube channel of Legends Football League was not shown this week. Sources uh, telling us the production concerns and there is no official notice as to by the league as to why. But the LFL was on Fuse in 2016, and now it's supposed to be on regional network, CWMI network. But so far, it's been a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of bad feeds. So we'll keep an eye on that and see if they can fix the problems there. Uh, meanwhile, Seattle Miss, uh, they beat the Austin Acoustic 44-8. And now and you can see that on the LFL channel. Uh this past weekend, the Seattle Miss quarterback K.K. Matheny and wide receiver Jessica Hopkins, they visited Ontario for the new look, uh, LA, the L.A. Temptations, um, with a Hall of Famer, um, Monique Gaxiola, Cynthia Schmidt, and former Vegas uh, Sin superstar in the debut of Jane Caldwell, uh, who was the former steam and brigade standout. The result was the Miss winning 20-12 to versus the Temptation in a hard-fought defensive a couple quarters, but L.A. couldn't maintain their composure with too many penalties, and that allowed the Miss to have some scoring opportunities toward the end. But we should see this game this weekend if all goes well on YouTube. And this week, the Austin Acoustic, they'll visit the New England Liberty in week four, with Austin coming off of their first loss in Seattle and the Liberty getting beat by uh, Omaha. It'll be a battle of the winless expansion teams. And whoever remains winless after this weekend, quarterback Teshi Winfrey or quarterback Alex Drake. You can visit LFL360.com for the recaps, and also you can follow at Ballhawks Nest for the LFL talk previews every Thursday night. Check the 2016 schedule, uh, www.lflus.com. Well, Troy, I'm going to tell you right now, we let's talk LFL right now for a couple minutes here. 
based on what you just said and based on what we found out, the broadcast was a horrible broadcast week one, okay? And as far as I know, it did not go into production for the regional viewers. So for as a fan, as we both are fans, that's sort of disappointment given the fact that this league's been around for seven years and you would think that that would not be a technicality seven years later. But we're looking at a technicality here. And so last week's game, Omaha taking on uh, the New England Liberty was supposed to air this last Saturday, and the league did not notify the fans that, you know, there was obviously an issue with broadcasting the game or delay or anything. So that's number one, that's a black eye right there. You you cannot do that. If you're, if you're a pro league and you're having difficulties with viewer, uh, you know, broadcasting, you should at least put out some sort of notice saying that the game is going to be, you know, delayed to a certain point or another day or whatever day. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, I didn't, I was actually looking for that on a website, and I didn't see anything about it either. Actually, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised about it. I mean, the one thing, I guess the one word that comes to mind is unprofessional. And you don't like to say that, but, I mean, that's, I guess that's the only way you can look at it. I mean, you you have an obligation, um, you know, to broadcast these things. I mean, it's a reason why you, you know, run tests and, and do these things before the game starts to figure out, you know, to work out all these kinks. If you had a week, as you have already, you know, stated, you had a week to fix all of those kinks and you still didn't get it right. You didn't even get a, a you know, broadcast at all. I mean, last week it was just a horrible broadcast, but this week it was just none at all. So, yeah, I'm, I'm highly disappointed, and I know the fans are as well. Yeah, and, you know, and given the fact that uh, – um, Omaha had a great game. I mean, especially after having two horrible seasons in terms of the record in front of a very good large crowd, you would have thought that that would have been a focal point for momentum, um, you know, given what's going on. Then you have, you know, week three, um, you you come in and now you're going to have this week where you have Seattle against LA. Um, I mean, this, this is your marquee rivalry. This has been your marquee rivalry for the literally the last three years. So if you can't put up a broadcast to showcase, you know, probably the marquee names in your league, which is the KK Matheny's, the Sage Steinsmiths, the, the Stevie Snores, the Man- Monique Axiolas, uh, you know, the, the, all these top names that are on, those, on both of these squads, that's going to be an issue. And I would assume, Troy, if you were a regional broadcaster and you saw the first week's broadcast as a, you know, from what you, from what, somebody would have shown you two or three years ago in terms of their credibility in terms of the broadcast. And then you saw what you saw that one first week, I'm assuming you would have just not even aired it. And that's why, that's why I'm thinking that there is the issue there. The issue is internal. Um, maybe somebody's not doing their job, right? Yeah. That's, um, this, this is honestly would be the equivalent of not showing you know, in Boston or in New York City, you know, Red Sox, Yankees. You know what I mean? You, you can't. Right, exactly. Just, I mean, just imagine the, the the fallout from that. So, I mean, now what you're starting to do is you're, you're, start, you're going to start losing trust in the fans. And the fans aren't even going to expect the broadcast to be there once the broadcast is there because you haven't let anyone know, you know, what the status is. So people just like, look, I'm not going to waste my you know, my hour or two trying to figure out whether the broadcast is going to come on. I'm going to just go ahead and do something else. Meanwhile, they have the broadcast running, and now no one knows because they, they're so used to it 
you know, not being reliable. So yeah, this is not a, this is a black eye definitely on the NFL. And and in a marketing standpoint, Troy, if on a business sense, this is a huge mistake because you've built this momentum over six seasons, and the level of uh, the level of credibility in terms of an expectation in terms of a broadcast, high definition, and everything else that you've probably bragged about to this point, and now year you know season seven, you drop the ball right off the gate, yeah. week one, and that's yeah, just, yeah. I don't know that that's not good, and then you don't have a sales force. Uh, you know, to sustain your uh, ticket holders. You don't even have ticket holders that'll that'll keep something going. You, you know, you you have two games. Some of the teams have two games at home and two games away, and the the only way the fans that are not nearby the stadium or the arena, the only way you can engage with them is obviously via YouTube or another format of broadcasting, which they've decided that they weren't going to go with. You know, Fuse this year, which I think was a mistake for whatever reasons internally that they've made the decision for, they thought that was the better business uh, aspect for them. But then they go into saying, okay, here, we're going to be on CW and we're going to be on my network and we're going to be on root sports. And all of a sudden, you know, me and you as a fan, we got to pick and choose uh, what cable outlet we need to subscribe to now, which is, I think a bad move on the ownership. Yeah. I mean, all the way around. Absolutely. Definitely agree with you. Yeah, and so just bad. Um, so for this, for the players, let's just go on the player standpoint of it. Uh, they put in, they put in their time, and we're talking about you know long-term players like KK Matheny and and and, and uh, Monique Axiola and everything. Uh, you know, for this brand to have a hiccup in season seven is just unacceptable. I mean, especially to them. I mean, they they they, sh- they this is just unacceptable. It should be corrected, and given the, given the fact that they didn't even broadcast week two, that's even worse. I, I can understand week one being, you know, a little a little out of place and not broadcast correctly, and there were some audio mistakes and all that. But then to flat out not broadcast a second week, uh, that's just not good. Well, not not to mention that you know this you're you're embarking on this. I mean, you're you're one of the few leagues that shows this type of athleticism. You're one of the few groups that that show women's football. Whatever momentum that you built up, as you said, over the seven years, how much of that are you going to lose by just not being reliable, you know? And it's not like, it's not exactly, you don't have exactly a foothold on everything. You know, this is, you don't have um, the numbers that you can sustain uh, a loss in. And so any kind of momentum that you're losing is, is valuable momentum, is valuable dollars. And, yeah, I just don't – I just don't really understand what – why – like, what's the thinking. And, again, you had it on the entire off season to get this stuff done. And then when you saw the hiccups last week, you had an entire week to get it done, and then you just dropped the ball. Either – I can tell you right now, either – at the LFL offices, they're drinking too heavily, and they're not thinking straight. And somebody just pushed the button, and it just went out the way it's supposed to go out. But uh, that, I'm just being funny here. But anyways, you know, <laughs> just too much drinking. I think it should. It, sh- it they sh- they should be drinking water and not vodka, because uh, that's really what happened there. It's just a mistake. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I guess they looked. Uh, I guess they looked at it. And was like, hey, we're both clear. <laughs> this is good. We're gonna just get a broadcaster right out. Let's give it to the masses. 
This looks great. Look at that. I'm telling you right now, if you were in a uh, in a situation where you were highly intoxicated, the audio being off would have been like a plus for you. Look, that, that's awesome. But that that's what happened. I think somebody was intoxicated, and uh, just this is horrible. Uh, anyways, the only outlet this league has is YouTube, and they took pride in the fact that they could broadcast a very high-definition YouTube broadcast. That was their staple. That was like the bread and butter, okay? Beyond broadcasting, beyond a broadcast network, beyond, you know, everything else they had done before, okay? On a business aspect of things, uh, this is the last thing you needed to screw up. <laughs> you did. So now you have to, <laughs> like you said, try, try twice as hard uh, to make it up for the next couple of weeks because if you – if you don't come up with a better branding than week one in terms of a broadcast, uh, you know, you're basically throwing these ladies under the bus. They worked their butts off to be showcased to the masses. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, it's like not broadcast a bad broadcast on week one with some technicalities and then not broadcasting week two. I mean, I, as a player, I think I would be infuriated with the ownership and say, what is going on here? This is ridiculous. I'm busting my ass out there to get the fans to to tune in and dive in and, and be engaged. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, the main office drops the ball. So uh, I don't know. I will see. How, we'll, we'll see if if we get a uh, Los Angeles Temptation Seattle Miss broadcast coming Saturday on the YouTube channel. So for you guys that are following that and follow us, uh, be on the lookout at Legends Football um, on Twitter. So that's my two cents to that. But I'm saying it's just, it's just, it's horrible. It's like amateur. You lose seven years. I mean, imagine the NBA going, you know, or, or the NFL, as you, as you pointed out, imagine the NFL going, Hey, we're, we're just going to just not do a great broadcast this week. You know, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but that's, that's what it was. And that's where that. These, you know, those those broadcasts. I mean, if you sneeze on on air, I mean, they're they're losing their mind. I mean, because it's it's not perfect, you know. But these guys just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, I and all we can do is laugh about it right now. But uh, I can tell you right now, if next week doesn't get better, there will be nothing to laugh about because I, I believe internally a lot of these players are going to be very frustrated and fed up. Because it's just not the way it is. I mean, you, 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 I mean, just all I'm saying is you create a brand, you branded the brand in a good light, you got momentum, you put it together, you know, aside from everything else that's been criticized of the brand, on a business end of things, um, if you're a sponsor and I'm a sponsor or I'm a broadcaster, uh, and Troy, I presented that one to you uh, in week one, which is a broadcast where the audio is just way off base. I mean, you're going to turn around and just go, we're not showing that. It's just like a newspaper editor, you know. There's a lot of typos. Right. It's just not going to be printed. And so I, I think uh, ownership, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, and I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Mr. Mortaza needs to own up to it, uh, whether it be an apology to the fans, uh, a post on Facebook for not doing the right thing to put a game out there. I mean, something has to come out where he's got to, you know, at least send an apology out through via social media. And that's the right thing to do as an owner. Um, but not doing anything, uh, having the fans anticipate a game on a Saturday night uh, when you are promoting it since day one to that you're going to have a Saturday night game and all of a sudden it doesn't show up and there's no explanation. 
that's a pretty bad business uh, method. So, um, well, uh, it's, uh, we're almost out of here. So it's NFL draft, I, I'm anticipating, not because it's my Rams or anything like that, but I am anticipating golf to go first, as we talked about before. So um, I'm assuming that's going to be the case. And um, Wentz is going to go to Philly. And is it is it ironic that um, Sam Bradford is asked for his exit out of Philadelphia? I, if I were Sam Bradford, I would have asked for my exit my, my exit out of Philly the day I signed the first contract. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> but um, but <laughs> but you know, smart I, man I'm not you surprised. are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not surprised that he wanted out. Um, when they when when I saw that they traded up, I knew they were trading up for an offensive tackle. So, I mean, everyone thinks the consensus is that they're going to take a quarterback. They've already said they're going to take a quarterback. So, you know, Howie Roseman, he killed all of this speculation. He said, we're taking a quarterback at that number two pick. And, you know, it just doesn't sit well with Bradford. And I feel bad for the guy. But wouldn't it be a great thing if somehow he ends up getting traded and ends up in Denver? Oh, man, that'd be great. Oh, man, that would be so great to watch that. That would be good. And he's – He's gonna do if if he goes there, he'll do well, and Philadelphia won't. They're they're in rebuilding mode, so it's gonna be interesting to watch nonetheless on Thursday. So I will be tuned in Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Be at the Redskins draft party on Saturday, so I'm, my whole weekend will be full of nothing but football. Awesome. So uh, a reminder to visit our Zazzle shop at zazzle.com and order your chalk no-joke tees to help the Gridiron Australia Outback girls on their journey to the IFAF 2017 tournament. So go to Zazzle.com, Gridiron Blitz, uh, I mean Gridiron Beauties, and use the uh, promo codes there daily. There's a promo code going on till uh, I believe, tomorrow, and that's going to be 30, 30% off, and you can use the code THANKYOUMOM, it's a, and you can customize things at Zazzle. Even if you don't buy anything in our shop, you can go to our shop, link it to other things that are on Zazzle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Great Iron Beauty and on our Facebook page, Great Iron Beauties. Uh, Great Iron Beauties for the number one source covering women's tackle football 24-7. And I want to thank all our network partners for being amazing. And July of this year, uh, we are going to be five years strong on Twitter. And uh, I want to thank everybody right now that is listening to us and that has worked with us since day one has continued to support us in terms of our awareness project. Thank you for making us number one on Twitter. We are now number one on Twitter, and I'm so honored. And uh, I want to thank everybody uh, that's been on the journey, um, all the photographers, um, you know, Liza Thomas, uh, Crystal Moran, Lauren Evans, and the other supporters as well that are coming on board, as well as network partners, you know, James James, uh, photographer as well. Um, so it just, it's been an amazing ride and July of this year, it, it's basically going to be five years and for us to be uh, number one, uh, at this point, uh, just, it just brings joy to my heart. There's a lot more work to do. And, uh, I want to thank, you know, Erica Lynn Anderson, uh, Eric Brown, yourself, Troy, uh, and Kishi Free, uh, for making this happen as well as, uh, BJ Coletta for starting me on the route that I'm in here now. And so, uh, I just want to thank the the amazing international players that are participating in our project as well and so you know more work to be done but 
at this point, great accomplishments. It's a big, big touchdown for us. Uh, five years in, we got a lot more things to do, but we are going to stay ahead. And so uh, don't forget to go like us on Instagram, where we feature amazing, talented women playing uh, American football, no joke football, on our Instagram galleries. So check them out and like them. So just like uh, KK Matheny this this past week, we posted her up. Uh, obviously, great game, two weeks into the LFL season. And then before that, it was Tara uh, Taccone, which is basically almost six touchdowns in the last two weeks in the WFA. So talented women playing American football. And there you are. Go check them out at Instagram, uh, at Great Iron Beauties. So, Troy, let's send us off uh, so we can be here next week. Hey, I wanted to give a shout-out first to uh, uh, Sarah Schieper for coming in for the uh, the owner of the Richmond Black Widows. So thank you for stopping by the show today and, and blessing us with the knowledge of what you got going on down there. Uh, reminded this weekend also about the action in the LFL uh, week four, the Austin Acoustic. They host the uh, New England Liberty on April 30th, 2016. Plus, um, just a reminder, the LFL is now on CW and my network regional broadcast and all is on YouTube, maybe. Uh, plus the, Vic, the Gridiron Victoria Vic Bowl Finals and the Week 5 in the WFA IWFL Leagues. If you want to be on the show, all you have to do is email us, and you can do so at gridironbeauties at gmail.com, and we can get the word out on your team, league, or profile player during the 2016 season. You can also go to GI Quindom and check out all the amazing stories of the talented young ladies playing no-joke football. Don't forget to use the hashtag. And also check out the www.bbastore.com for the new specials from Miss Gridiron 9 at Twitter. And you can also follow us at Women's Gridiron and at Jostler46 for the latest news on Australia and FXF Mexico scene. All right. So, uh, Troy, reminder to subscribe to our podcast here on Block Talk Radio, Ultimate Sports Talk. And now on um, John, John M. Davis books.com a part of the LFL network on his website as well. So don't forget to follow us for the latest happenings in women's gridiron news at gridiron beauty on Twitter. And you can talk NFL all the time with Troy at Troy Wilson underscore one and Kishi at Kishi's cuties, uh, Pat fans, girl 12 and if fit for life during the NFL season. So for Troy Wilson and Kishi Free, thank you for listening. We'll see you here next week for another edition of the Great Iron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio, Ultimate Sports Talk, and also on johnmdavisbooks.com, LFL Network. Have a great night, everybody. See you guys.